tonight. My name is David Peterson. I'm the senior pastor at First Baptist Church. I'd like to welcome you here and say thank you for coming. First of all, welcome to our regular attenders, but a special welcome to all our guests tonight. I know many of you are here tonight because of our kids program we have at uh, the Blast Connerton or, or uh, Sanders program we have every week. And we want to say thank you so much for coming tonight. It's an honor for us to have you with us. Thank you so much for being here. We're going to have the Blast Kids come in just a moment to present their part of the program. Then after that, we have a special Christmas cantata drama that for the adults. Tell you a little bit more about that in a moment. But I just want to start out by saying thank you so much for coming. It's a joy to have you with us. And it's great to have a packed crowd. We got standing room only. So thank you so much for coming. Let me tell you a little bit about our children's program here tonight. For those of you that are visiting with us, we have... Here at First Baptist Church, we love children. We have so many programs just for kids, like yours. Every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we have a Bible class for kids. Then at 12 excuse me, 11 o'clock and 6 p.m. services, we have our worship service in the church. We have a special children's church program just for the children. While the adults are in here, something on their level that they can uh, enjoy. Of course, that's every single week, the Bible class at 10, children's church at 11, and children's church at 6 p.m. every single week. Also, on Wednesday night, we have what is called the Awana program. That is three-year-old up through sixth grade. Every Wednesday night at 6.45, back in the back, it's a program that's a combination of game time, of Bible time, and also uh, scripture memory time. And we have a lot of children of that. Your children are welcome to come to that also. That's every single week. Also, we have a teenager program. That's on, we have a class on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And also our youth program Every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. That's for 7th grade all the way through 12th grade on every Wednesday night. And we hope that you would come and, and be a part of that. That's what we have every week. Let me tell you about some special programs we have. Uh, this coming Friday night here in the sanctuary at 7 p.m. we're having Ben Everson Christmas concert. Ben Everson is a well-known uh, national vocalist. He and his family are coming this Friday night at 7 p.m. to have a special Christmas program. We hope you come be a part of that. You're welcome. Invite your friends. Good Christmas music to celebrate this special, very special season this coming Friday night. We are also having a Christmas Eve service on December the 24th, right in the sanctuary, Saturday at 6 p.m. It's going to be for one hour because we know many of you have family time and we want to show respect for that. So a one-hour program on Christmas Eve right in the sanctuary at 6 p.m. This year, Christmas falls on Sunday. And so the 25th, we'll have one service. We usually have several services. Only one at 11 a.m. We'll have one service on Sunday morning on Christmas Day. During that service, we will have a children's program with a semester children to go to. But we want to invite you to come to either or or both. Wherever you're able to with your family activities, please join us for the Christmas Eve service and or the Christmas service on Sunday. You're more than welcome to come. In just a moment, we're going to have the Blast Kids come up. They're going to be the first part of our program. Now, please listen carefully. They're going to sing. After they sing, we will dismiss them. When we dismiss them, we're going to have well-qualified staff that will be with them the same staff that works at the Blast Club has been with them. We ask the parents to remain in here, if you would, please, for our Christmas cantata. It's only 45 minutes. It's a combination of singing and drama. You'll be very encouraged and blessed by that. So we'll dismiss the Blast Kids. We're going to have a special Christmas party for them. Now, that is for the Blast Kids only. 
If you could help us out there, we're going to dismiss them. We ask all the other siblings, adults remaining here, we'll dismiss them. And once they're dismissed, then we're going to have another program for our children's called Children's Church. We would dismiss that's for all the other siblings. That's for three, excuse me, four-year-old up through fifth grade. You're welcome to keep your children with you, but if you want to dismiss them, we'll dismiss them after we dismiss the kids' blast club and have a special program for them after that. And then we'll have that special program. Now, please listen. We have, for everybody, we have over 600 homemade cookies. And these cookies for everybody, for children and adults alike. So after the whole program's done, we'll be dismissed. The kids will already be in the back. We'll dismiss all of you to go back there and join us. We're going to have homemade cookies and milk. We have almond milk for those who are lactose-free. And so we just want you to join us. That would be afterwards. So again, remember this. As the kids come in, in fact, they're out there waiting me to hush up here. <laughs> they, the blast kids will come in. They'll probably fill up the whole platform. They have several songs they practice a long time for. And they'll present that. When they're done, they will be dismissed. That will be the Blast Kids Cub only. Remember that. If you help us out, they will be grateful. And so then we'll dismiss the children's church after that. But again, thank you so much. We've got a great crowd here. This thrills our heart to see so many here. And we're glad that you're here tonight. Let's have a word of prayer to open our service. And then the Blast Kids will be coming in. Let's bow together, please. Dear Heavenly Father, what an exciting time this is as we celebrate the very reason for the season, the Lord Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ himself took on human flesh and come to this earth, born of a virgin, and lived a perfect life. Then he died on the cross to pay for our sin. And the whole reason for the season that he came to this earth born to die, to die in our place, to pay for our sin, that we might be forgiven and have a home in heaven. Father, we ask your blessing upon tonight. We ask your blessing upon all the families here, our guests, and the program tonight. You ask your bless blessed kids as they sing, that you would use them. Remember what they uh, practice for? Present a tremendous program to the parents. And once they're dismissed, we ask you to bless our Christmas cantata and the drama. And we love that you might use it to help us to focus on the real reason for this season that Christ was born. So, Father, bless tonight's service in a very special way. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Bless kids, come on in.
do. Wasn't that wonderful? You know. Your kids did a great job. I think after that, I think I better go, you know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you again so much. Again, they're going to have a special Christmas party just for them. And so they got something special. We have a well-qualified staff, so parents, please remain here if all possible. We do have a program for you, and so thank you so much. At this time, we like to dismiss the rest of the children. If you want your children to remain with you, that's okay. We have what we call the Children's Church Program this time. And where are they at, Pastor Rick? Right here in the back. So if you want your children to go during the program, during the service, please dismiss them now. The man in the back is waving at you. He'll lead them back there and go and dismiss children for the Children's Church Program this time. Again, the parents remaining here, if you would please. Again, this is for four-year-old through fifth grade. All right, we have a special program for the adults now. It is our uh, church choir and also drama team going to present on what is called A Son is Born, a special program just for us. And Pastor Self, it is all yours. He's our music director. <laughs> Thank you, Pastor Peterson. Merry Christmas to everybody. Would you do us this small favor? Would you take this device here and set your phaser to stun? All right? If we could turn off our cell phones, it would be a great help to us in our program tonight. And we're excited to be able to uh, present the good news of Christmas to you in drama and in music. Uh, let's start with a congregational song together. Sing together with us. You may remain seated as we sing. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. Choir, you may come as we sing. Angels we have heard on high. Thank you. 
present to you tonight the cantata, A Son is Given, published by Majesty Music out of Greenville, South Carolina. And uh, we also want to uh, uh, also acknowledge the hard work of our AV team, a staff of volunteers in the back running lights, sound, and uh, cameras, live streaming right now. We welcome our live stream audience to this uh, cantata this evening. And as Pastor has already prayed, we're going to begin our program just now. said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there shall be no end.
We come now to the final case of our day. If everyone will just bear with us for a little while longer, we'll try to get you out for the holidays just as soon as possible. Mr. Covey, who do we have next? Next, Your Honor, we have a defendant charged with a DUI and fleeing the scene of an accident. Your Honor, if I could just ask a quick favor. Hello, Sarah. Merry Christmas to you. Merry Christmas, Your Honor. Well, I thought this was going to be a quick case, but here stands a noble public defender to disabuse me of that belief. I'm sorry, Your Honor. If you could just give me, grant me, a brief extension to speak with my client. We haven't had quite enough time to prepare. Come on, Sarah. Don't drag this out any longer. It's an open and shut case. Why are we stalling? This is anything but open and shut, Ryan. Mrs. Novak, I could grant you a very brief continuance, but anything more than an hour, and I'm afraid your client is going to spend Christmas back in his cell. It will only take a few minutes, Your Honor. Very well. You may confer with your client, Mrs. Novak, and we will all meet back here in 45 minutes. Thank you, Your Honor.
case you weren't aware, slouching in the corner and hiding your face from the judge is very suspicious behavior. I can't face him again. Who? Judge Hammond? Do you know him? I can't face him again. Why? Are you afraid or worried you're not going to get a fair trial? We can get a different judge or ask him to recuse himself. It doesn't matter. I can't help you if you won't work with me. Fine. All right, just tell me what happened. It's like I told you on the phone. I fell asleep at the wheel. Simple as that. It was an accident. And you weren't under the influence of alcohol? No, I told the other attorney that and the cop. I don't know why you keep asking me that. Probably because of your past DUI. That was a long time ago. So this is, this is what it's really about. Finally going to stick it to me? I knew I should have never come back here. Come back? You mean you don't you don't live here? No. I left this town as soon as I could, and I haven't been back since. Why were you coming back last night? I came to see my mom. She has cancer. I needed to come back. I'm sorry. It happens. OK. Just to clarify, you were driving back to your mother's house at 2 a.m. Yes, I had worked all day and I left late. I drove straight through the night to get here. When I came off the exit, I must have started drifting off. I didn't realize how tired I was. I was almost there when I think I just nodded off for a second. And that's when you struck the parked car and the courthouse sign? What's the point of this? Maybe you should take this a little more seriously. This would be your second DUI. The prosecutor will want to lock you up for 30 days minimum. That's ridiculous. I wasn't drunk. I've been completely sober. Then why did you flee the scene? I didn't flee the scene. Yes, you did. No, I was cold and tired. I had hit my head, and I thought if I could just get home, then I would report it. But you still fled the scene of an accident. Well, all I hit was a parked car. That doesn't matter. Well, it should. I didn't do anything wrong, and you got nothing on me. Mr. Freeman, I am your attorney. I am trying to defend you. And you're not making life any easier for either of us by being belligerent. It doesn't matter. He's going to throw the book at me anyway. Who, the judge? Craig, if you have something to tell me, you need to say it. It doesn't matter. It's hopeless. Sorry for the inconvenience, Mr. Covey. No problem, Judge. They sure are taking their dear sweet time. I'm just sorry to see the public defender's office abuse your kindness, again. <laughs> it's all right. 
We want to ensure that everyone receives fair representation. <laughs> Trust me, Your Honor, at this stage, they're always guilty. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in this situation. That is quite a jaded view of our justice system. I'm just saying, you can't be in my line of work this long and not know that these creeps, they're all the same. I should remind you that that's a human being that you are talking about. Yes, in his basic human nature. A criminal needs to be punished. Otherwise, he just falls right back into his old ways. People don't change. Well, I appreciate your sense of justice, Mr. Covey, but you seem to be forgetting the place of mercy and forgiveness and rehabilitation, not to mention that pesky concept of innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, you're changing the subject. No, but I would remind you that no one is perfect, and but for the grace of God, any one of us could fall into all sorts of evil. All right, I know you teach Sunday school, but this ain't a Sunday school lesson. And I get that you should forgive mistakes, and, but this isn't a little sin problem or minor discretion. I, I get you should forgive mistakes, but not when they cause harm. We're all sinners, Mr. Covey. All we like sheep have gone astray. We all deserve judgment. <laughs> now who's the jaded pessimist? That's an awfully bleak outlook for Christmas Eve. Well, it would be if that were the end of the story. But that's only the beginning. See, Christmas reminds sinners that fear and despair can give way to joy. They seek that infant 
Just remember to be honest and respectful. I can tell you from past experience, you're lucky it's Judge Hammond in today and not Judge Miller. Ms. Novak, are you and your client ready to proceed? Yes, Your Honor. Thank you for your patience. You too, Ryan. May we proceed? Yes. We will now proceed with the case of Mr. I'm sorry, I seem to have lost my papers. Here, Your Honor. Thank you. We will now proceed with the case of Mr. Craig. Your Honor? I told you, it's hopeless. Mr. Craig Friedman, the ghost from my past. I'm sorry, but I must alert counsel that I am intimately familiar with this defendant. Given our prior history, I think it's necessary that he should stand before another judge. Your Honor, I am aware of the history between the two of you. However, my client is desperate to have his case heard. He came here over the holidays to see his mother, who is dying. Dying of... Answer, yes. I am aware. To wait for another judge would potentially leave my client in custody over these precious few days. Additionally, it would be hard for him to make bail. He has requested that you please hear his case. And how does the defendant plead to the charge of driving under the influence and fleeing the scene of an accident? He pleads not guilty to the DUI, but guilty to leaving the scene of the accident. And I would add that he would like to waive his right to a trial by jury. For the record, Your Honor, the state has no objection to waiving a jury trial. Mr. Friedman. Craig, at least look at him. Mr. Friedman, is it true that you want to stand before me and that you waive your right to a jury trial? Yes. Court will take a brief recess. Your Honor? Okay, Craig, spill. What's going on? How in the world do you know Judge Hammond? I caused his son's death. You what? I caused his son's death. And you just threw yourself on his mercy? What have you done?
I was a stupid kid. It was my 17th birthday. I went to a party with some friends. Someone showed up with alcohol. Everyone pressured me to drink. It was my birthday after all. You don't have to explain it to me. You're my counselor, right? My advocate? Might as well know who you're advocating for. Craig. I don't know how many drinks I had. It didn't even seem like that many. Suddenly, I realized how late it was, and I didn't want my mom to be suspicious. So I grabbed my keys and left. Someone tried to stop me, but I thought I was fine. I drove home. I knew I was drunk, but I also knew I could do it. I was fine. I was always fine. I didn't even... I don't remember exactly how it happened, but I swerved. I didn't see him. He was out jogging, practicing for a track meet. I didn't see him. It was an accident. Of course it was. It wasn't my fault. No. Of course it was my fault. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry, too. My life ended that night. Craig, I don't begin to assume that I know what you've been through. But didn't you pay the penalty for that mistake? Didn't you serve a sentence? Manslaughter. DUI manslaughter. Isn't that an awful word? Man, slaughter. I was convicted and sentenced to two years, then released early for good behavior, probably because of my age. Then you can find solace that justice was served. Who's justice? Jason's still dead. I still killed him. Sure, I was punished, but it didn't bring him back. It didn't wipe away my guilt. You have to move on. And at least try to live a normal life. Can you cause someone else's death? You don't get to live a normal life. I can't move on. It's a debt I can't repay. Have you tried talking to a doctor or a counselor? Maybe someone at a church. <laughs> Nobody wants me in a church. Come on, no one wants me in heaven. I don't deserve heaven, and you all know it. I don't think that any of us get to decide who deserves heaven. I'm sorry, Your Honor, we are ready. It's no problem, and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to eavesdrop. I wasn't really expecting to hear a conversation about heaven, but what with the season and all? I don't understand. I think he means Christmas. Precisely, Sarah. You do know Christmas is the time when Jesus came down to earth to open heaven to all mankind. No. 
you would know, sir, being the resident Sunday school teacher. Again, I'm sorry for taking so long. We are ready to proceed. Very well. Open heaven to man? How would he do that?
Furthermore, Your Honor, my client did not stagger and stumble around, nor did he slink off into the shadows as my esteemed colleague so vividly imagined. Watch the video. In fact, I would assert that my client did not intend to flee the scene at all. He was disoriented, tired, and seeking shelter from the cold. He also was desperate to see his mother, as he was under the belief that she could die at any moment. He didn't think he did anything wrong, and there is no evidence that he was under the influence of any substance. Your Honor, as I stated previously, there is plenty of evidence this was a DUI. Go back to the flight. Just go back to the flight. You're like a broken record. The skid marks, the extent of the damage, the lateness of the hour, and most importantly, the fact that he fled the scene. Why else would he flee the scene? Your Honor. Because he was drunk and he didn't want to get caught. You can't take a breathalyzer when you're nowhere to be found. It's so convenient. Your Honor, I have so many objections. I don't even know where to start. If the two of you are quite done with your theatrical performances, I think we can bring this case to a close. At this point, I've heard both of you, as well as the defendant's testimony, and we seem to be descending into a cycle of squabbling. I've heard your closing arguments. I'm ready to make a ruling. Look, whatever happens, we can make an appeal. No. Fate brought me here. I deserve what's coming to me. Why resist? Well, the defendant, Craig Friedman, please rise. <coughs> After hearing the arguments, weighing the facts, reviewing the closed-circuit TV footage, and hearing your testimony, I find as follows. To the charge of driving under the influence, I find the defendant guilty. Not guilty. What? And to the charge of fleeing the scene of an accident, I find the defendant guilty. In determining the sentence for this crime, it is noted that the defendant has a prior criminal history, including a DUI manslaughter, of which I am painfully familiar. Due to the extent of damage to the courthouse property and the suspicious circumstances surrounding your flight from that scene, I sentence you to the maximum fine allowable, $4,000. It's okay, Craig. This is a big win. What's the judge doing? Surely we can come up with that amount somewhere. What is he doing? Mr. Covey, this is the amount that Craig owes, paid in full. If there are any other damages that his insurance will not cover, I will pay those as well. But, Your Honor. Please, take it to the clerk, have her put the paperwork in order. I would appreciate it. Judge Hammond, wait. You can't do this. Go home, Craig, and be with your mother. You're free. But, how? How could you do this? I forgive you, Craig. And it's about time that you receive my forgiveness. But more than that, you need to receive God's forgiveness. I know you've heard this many times at church and from your mother. You need to receive Christ as your Savior. I tried once. 
but can he really forgive me? After all the pain I've caused, the life I've wasted, you of all people know why I can't be saved. You're wrong, Craig. He loves you. He died for you. Only he can truly forgive you. He's waiting for you. Can it really be true?
See, Craig, the Bible says that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. It goes on to say that the wages of our sin is death. We owe a penalty that we cannot pay. But the Bible also goes on to say that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God sent His only Son to pay the debt that we owe. And the Bible tells us that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Are you ready to receive God's forgiveness? Dear God, I believe that Jesus died and that he rose again from the grave. I know I, can, I can't pay for my own sins, but I believe that he paid them for me. I ask you now to be my Savior. Amen, son. There's a new name written down in glory. Thank you, Judge. Thank you. I know it doesn't help, but I want you to know I felt so terrible since that awful night. I felt so guilty for what happened. You know what I wanted more in your suffering, Craig? I wanted your redemption. How? How could you feel that way towards me, of all people? Only God. I feel so strange. Like this huge weight of guilt's been lifted off of me. I finally feel... I feel... Justified. Huh? Justified. It means made right, or declared righteous. I can never be righteous. I know that. No, not with any righteousness of your own. But now that you have accepted Christ as your Savior, you take on His righteousness. We can never earn our salvation, or wash away the stain of our many sins. But by faith in the atoning work of Jesus Christ, we are cleansed. The penalty for our sins has been paid. The righteous wrath of God has been appeased. And God declares that from now and forevermore, we are justified.
Your Honor, can we speak for a minute? Sure. That scene in there was truly touching. But I hope you don't hold it against me for saying that. I don't understand how you could forgive him so quickly, so easily. It was not quick, and it certainly was not easy. Sir, that was your perfect chance to avenge your son's death. He didn't even serve his full sentence. It seems to me like you would want justice. Justice, Mr. Covey? I love justice. I seek justice. My hope is for eternal justice, but not my justice and not yours. I apologize. I see where you're going, Your Honor. You mean God's justice. Exactly. And what is justice without mercy? And what is mercy without justice? But your son. Yes, I lost my son, my only child. And I doubt that pain will ever go away. But today, I couldn't help but think of another father who lost his only son. And that perfect, innocent son died for the very men who caused his pain. I'm one of those guilty men, Mr. Covey, and so are you. Now, you asked how I could forgive so quickly. Well, it's simple, really, I guess. I can forgive because I am forgiven. I must forgive because I am forgiven. And with that forgiveness comes freedom and peace and joy inexpressible.
Thank you so much for that presentation. I was so grateful to hear how that story represented God's love for us. Yeah. You know, the, the, being honest tonight, as that boy was, we're all sinners. The Bible says, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. That includes me, that includes you. We've all done things wrong. And the Bible says, because we've sinned, there's a price tag. That the wages of our sin is death. That means the only way you and I could ever pay for sin is by dying and going to a place called hell. And the Bible says, well, I was so misunderstanding for many years that our good works can't, will not save us. I always heard that good people go to heaven, bad people go to hell, and if I'm going to make it, I've got to be good. I've had nothing wrong with good works, but it will not pay for your sin. The payment for sin is not good works. The payment for sin is death. So we're all sinners. We all owe penalty. And basically, we cannot save ourselves. But here's the good news. God commendeth his love toward us in that while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. The penalty of sin that you and I owe to God, God sent his son as our substitute to pay the debt for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. My friend, that's the Christmas story. That God loves you so much, he wants you to go to heaven. But there's something that keeps us out of heaven. It's called sin. And if we pay for our sin, we have to go to hell to do it. But God loves you, doesn't want you to go to hell to pay for your sin. He provided a substitute. He sent his son to pay the debt for us. Let me show a quick illustration to you, then I'll close with a word of prayer. Then we can all go back to the be with our children and get our cookies, okay? <laughs> if you would, look up here, please. Illustration. In fact, I'll use my phone here. That I help me understand. Look over here, please, and I'd like to close with this. I'd like to let this hand represent everyone here today and let my phone represent the things that we do wrong. The Bible calls it sin. So here we are. Here's our sin. We all have sin on us. The Bible says that God loves us. God loves sinners. That's you and I. But he hates our sin. And the reason God hates our sin because our sin keeps us at heaven. To go to heaven, we have to be without sin. Not one sin will ever enter the presence of God because we've all sinned. The problem is we've all done things wrong. To go to heaven, we have to be without sin, but we're not. We all have sin on us. And the Bible says because we've sinned, that sin separates us from God. Let this hand represent Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh. Our sin separates us from him. So here's our problem. Here's our sin. We all have sin on us. The Bible says he loves us, but he hates our sin. He says the wages, the penalty of our sin is death. So if we pay for our sin, we have to die and go to hell to do it. Many people think, well, I'm, I know I'm a sinner, but I've done good things. So they think maybe here's a list of good works. Maybe my good works will get me to heaven. So they think if I do good, I'll go to heaven one day. If I nothing wrong with good works, but it will not pay for your sin. But here's the good news. God said, I love you. I hate your sin. I do not want you to pay for it by going to hell I'll provide a substitute. Let this hand represent Jesus Christ, who was God in the flesh. He came to this earth. He lived a perfect life, and he died on the cross. When he died, here's what happened. That which separates us from God, he took upon himself. Though he knew no sin, he became sin for us. And when he hung on the cross, bearing our sin, God the Father punished him for what we've done wrong. He died for us. He was buried and he rose again. And the Bible says, if you believe that he did that, he did that for you, 
that you would not perish, but you would have everlasting life. Let me close with this first. How many of you know John 3.16? It says, for God so loved what? The world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have what? Everlasting life. My friend, going to heaven is not obtained by trying, but by trusting. It's not gain by doing, but resting upon that which Christ has done. And this whole purpose of the Christmas season is God sent his son to be our savior. If you have never trusted Christ as your savior, I would encourage you to do that tonight. Because the moment you do that, God forgives you and heaven becomes your home. Many of you have done that, but some of you have not. So if you were to die today, would you go to heaven? You may say, I hope so, I think so. But my friend, if you receive Christ as Savior, you can say, I know so. Because of what he's done for you. Let's bow together, please. With every head bowed and every eye closed, as we conclude our service tonight, we saw very clearly from this play, this presentation, this drama, and we see from God's word that we're all sinners. Just being honest. And because we've sinned, we've earned a penalty, a judgment from God. And the penalty of our sin is death. And our good works, our good deeds will not pay that penalty. But my friend, God loves you so much, he sent his son to pay the penalty for you. When Jesus Christ died, he died for you in your place to pay for your sin. He was buried and he rose again three days later. And now the God of heaven offers you eternal life as a free gift. At the expense of his son, your part is to receive his son as the one who died for you to take you to heaven. If you have done that, heaven's your home. But if you have not ever done that before, why not do it tonight? During this Christmas season, why not receive the greatest gift of all? That's a gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And why not do it right now? As we close this service, I'd like to give an opportunity to you, if you never have before, to receive Christ to be your Savior that heaven will become your home through what he's done for you. If you'd like to do that tonight, why not tell God that? Why not, in the quiet of your mind, talk to God and just say something like this. Just say to God of heaven, I admit that I'm a sinner, and because I've sinned, I deserve your punishment. But God, I believe that Jesus Christ was punished in my place. I believe that when Christ died, he died for me, was buried and rose again. And right here tonight, I'm trusting Christ as one who died for me to take me to heaven when I die. I'm trusting him as my Savior. With heads bowed and eyes are closed, my friend, if you prayed that prayer and trusted Christ, heaven is now your home. You have eternal life because of what Christ did for you. But I'd like to know if anyone did that tonight. I'd like to pray for those who made that decision. So with heads bowed and eyes are closed, if that made sense to you, and right here today for the first time, you prayed with me, to receive Christ as your Savior, with no one looking around, no one leaving. If you did that today, so I can pray for you, just simply raise your hand so I can pray for you this, this evening. Anyone at all? Pastor, here's my hand. I trust Christ. Would you pray for me? Yes, God bless you. Amen. Anyone else? Pastor, that makes sense. God bless you. Amen. Anybody else? Pastor, that made sense to me. I prayed with you to receive Christ as my Savior. Would you pray for me tonight? Anyone else? Real quickly. Here's my hand. God bless you. Anyone else? Real quickly before we close. Pastor, it made sense with me. I trust the Christ. Would you pray for me also? Anyone else real quickly? Father in heaven, we thank you for the few here tonight who indicated by the hand that they trusted you as Savior, that heaven is now their home. They have eternal life. And they have a true reason now to celebrate the reason for the season that Christ came to this earth to pay for our sin.
Father, we thank you for the program tonight. We thank you for each one who came tonight, all our parents, our guests tonight. We ask you to bless them and give them a wonderful Christmas and a great time with family during this Christmas season. Bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Listen, thank you so much for coming tonight. We appreciate it. We do have, again, we have homemade cookies for everybody. The children in the back, back here by the gym, so you're dismissed. God bless you. Go back to the back then then pick up your children and get some free cookies, okay? God bless you. You're dismissed. You're not going to sing Joy to the World? I guess not.